Gaming the System. That's the podcast where three intersectional feminists take a look at gaming through a feminist lens. And today I am Alex. We've got Jem. And also Matt as well. And today we are going to be discussing something um, which I thought about as a topic idea just before Christmas really. But um, we've finally got around to, to actually getting some questions down and, and thinking, right, let's let's do it as an episode. Um, and I want to talk about witches in gaming and the character of the witch in the gaming world, which I think is hopefully going to be a very interesting listen. Um, so I guess the best place to start is to talk about the witches in games that we know about or that we find most memorable. Um, so it's quite a quite a fun question to start off with. I've got quite a long list of witches, <laughs> um, or at least witches that I think of in the in the broad term um, that I could give as examples. But I think I'm going to start with Jen. Do you have any witches that you've seen in games that you particularly remember? Yeah, um, um, yeah. Oh, it's literally just got out of my head. Bayonetta is, um, obviously one of the, the mo- more memorable witches, and, um, it's, um, even more for me because I've just been playing the, like, an origin game from Bayonetta. Well, I haven't, my daughter's been playing it, and so she's like a little witch in that, <laughs> which is quite funny given where she ends up, but, um, but it's much more cutesy. Um, and obviously Morrigan from Dragon Age, who I've talked about a lot, I think, over the, the years for the podcast, and, and, um, she's, um, always been, um, one of my favourite witches, um, yeah, uh, can't really. I don't. I yes. mean, I, yes. I'm sure that as you mention them, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting because it's a it's a type of mm. character that I am, you know, quite intrigued by and interested yes. by, and they do tip up in many games in various sort of like roles. But um, but yeah, those are the those mm. are the ones that. It, do you um, have any you sort of like of appeal that? to me the most? Yes. Yeah. yeah so like half of that. my list is just the witches from The Witcher. There's mm. like yeah, dozens of witches of The Witcher, <laughs> all of whom are just incredibly saucy, and it seems to be that's the one of the there's magic and then there's sauciness, which are the two the two core pillars of most witch characters. Um, so they can be good characters, but they, uh, for the most part, they're quite saucy. Like Morrigan, for example, stands out because um, she's got the saucy outfit, but the way she behaves is very, very fun because she's just like, ugh, at everything. Ugh, can't be bothered with this. Um, and... One that made a smaller role that made an impact on me was um, in Dragon Age 2. There's a, a um, an elf sorceress called Meryl. And I don't remember much about her character, but she was very compelling for some, for some 
reason. Um, there was also that she she played. Um, oh, uh, 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 Gwen in yeah, Torchwood. What's the main woman's it, name? The actress. Gwen? Yeah. Bean oh. was yeah. So that was uh, her voice acting in it, and uh, so that was a smaller a smaller um, role. Um, there is, of course, Bayonetta, um, who is naked apart from her hair. Her hair can turn into skin-tight lycra somehow. Um, then in uh, Elden Ring, there's uh, Rani the Witch and Renala, the Queen of the Full Moon. Um, <laughs> Renala has that um, mm-hmm. psycho mother trope who uh, has lost a child and is spends their life trying to find ways to uh, uh, have, resurrect the child in some way or another. Um, but I think yeah. the the, uh, the queen of all witches has to be Freya from God of War. She is introduced as the Witch of the Woods. Um, and I'll, I imagine we'll, we'll have to come on to what we think a witch is, what defines a witch. Indeed, yes. As I was um, compiling my we'll list, I decided to think about what a witch is and I was inspired quite largely by a podcast called Witch. Um, it's uh, available on all good podcast providers I expect um, but it's by a lady called India Rackerson who previously has also done a podcast series on periods and is currently doing another podcast series called Child all about babies and the first year of life uh, all of which are incredibly fascinating but um, she examined feminism and witches and like portrayal of women as witches and things and how broad that term can be and what it means to different people whether it's bad or good Um, so my list is quite wide-ranging in terms of the games that I've played that I've seen characters you could technically call witches. Um, So obviously, like Matt said, uh, there are plenty of witches in The Witcher 3, but the ones on my list are the crones. Um, They appear quite early on in Venom, and they're very creepy. And I think I looked them up because I was intrigued by them, and their names are Bruess, Weavis, and Wispis. And they've all got Welsh accents. Um, and the two main depictions of them are this picture of them as beautiful young women, as three sisters, um, and then their true form, which is like grotesque, hideous, monstrous creatures with like one's got a basket round their face so you can't see it, another one's got like a curtain over their face, and another one is like like a gonk, but not in a nice way. They've got like a a gnome hat and like really obscure features and stuff. They're pretty horrible. <laughs> and uh, when you read about them, it says they were made of water and dirt, which I think is always really interesting to think about. Because <laughs> um, when I was watching earlier the video about that, my partner piped up and said, oh, well, Wonder Woman's made of clay. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I suppose that kind of links in a weird way. Um, water and dirt <laughs> kind of make a clay. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are kind of like your, exactly. Yeah, we are made of water. We're made of water. 50% water. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But, uh, those three witches are obviously your typical idea of witches, like the Macbeth witches, like Shakespeare kind of conjures up those sorts of images. Then of course you've got the hag from Baldur's Gate 3, 
um, quite a, an important character in terms of like one of the sort of bosses that you come across in the in the first sort of section of the story and you can have a, a, a relatively short fight with her <coughs> or a long fight depending on how well uh, your dice rolls go <laughs> and we had a a very long fight and then once we figured out how to fight her after dying we we fought we did pretty well the second time around but she's a very interesting character she presents as an older irish lady and then of course transforms into her true form and uh, is quite tricksy and lives in an old house and is keeping this younger woman hostage to kind of use her for her own ends and things so again a very sort of stereotypical um hag portrayal um and then a couple of other ones I've mentioned you've mentioned Freya already Matt and that's an interesting one because initially we think she's probably someone who's quite as sort of there's no like certainty as to whether she's a good or a bad character at first because obviously from the side of Kratos you're quite suspicious of her you're like you're uneasy about trusting her whereas Atreus is very trusting and then we go from being an enemy to a friend all the way through God of War. And then in Tomb Raider, there's actually what I would define as a couple of witches. From classic Tomb Raider, there's Sophia Lee. I don't know if you guys remember Sophia Lee from Tomb Raider 3. Um, basically, all of the bosses in Tomb Raider 3 each have one of these lost artifacts that, when combined, give you um, lots of magic powers and lots of life. And one of them, Sophia Lee kept, she was in London, and the, the story is that she's at least a century old, but she uses it to keep herself looking young, which again is quite a witchy trope. I think, you know, using magic to maintain a young appearance. Uh, and then in Rise of the Team Raider, there's Baba Yaga, which you guys might know about. I think she's Slavic, like a lot of, similar to The Witcher, that kind of background as well and you you get to journey in her house on stilts and stuff and all that which is really cool (laughs) quite scary as well actually because she uses a lot of um gases and things to kind of knock you out and then you wake up somewhere else and all that sort of stuff and then one absolutely random addition to my list was from spyro 3 and that's the sorceress who's the dragon lady boss who gets um, a dragon egg, puts it on the end of her magic wand and then try, tries to take over everything, basically. And you have to fight her at the end. So you could argue that she is a witch as she is using magic to gain power <laughs> and control. Um, but yeah, those, that's my list of witches. Oh, there is one more, actually, I've missed. Merin from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. She is one of the Night Sisters of Dathomir and uses magic um, to kind of... I think she can portal jump and kind of move around the world in that way. She can, like, transport from place to place. And she's very good at hiding. She is known as a night witch as well. So those are all the witches that I could think of. But it's just interesting to examine, I guess, how many of those fall into, like, traditional tropes and how many are sort of slightly different ideas of witches. There's a popular idea of the witch and a lot of stigma around that um, regarding like patriarchal thinking. The idea of a witch is something that needs to be got rid of because it's a danger and a threat. Um, I don't know if you guys want to jump on on 
onto that discussion, but um, what would you say these witches in these games kind of reflect in terms of the idea of a witch as a whole? I think they do um, generally lean towards the sort of cliche mm. idea of a, a witch as an older woman, as a woman who is um, usually jealous and, and frustrated with her loss of beauty as she's as she gets older. But she has some uses to the people around her because of her magic and her um, her knowledge. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's such a feminist issue, isn't it? The whole witch, the whole witch thing is mm. is just it, it's almost the root of it all, really, in so many ways. Because in the 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 more that I learn about older women as I as I as I move in that direction myself, the the more um angry i get actually about the mistreatment of older women throughout history um and this this sort of constant squashing down of of their inherent power and their knowledge and their ability to help and support their communities and i think that we have this this i mean in the, you know if we go back to the um inquisition and and the horrendous sort of witch trials and things that happened around that era it, it all stems back to some guy who wrote a book because he had a hatred of women it was it was it it was literally titillating women hating rubbish he just they just made up and then they, then this whole thing came off the back of it and you know, killed many, many people. It wasn't just women, but it was largely women and um, ended up in a situation where older women who had knowledge of, you know, what herbs could be used to, you know, help certain illnesses or ease problems or whatever were being vilified as being, you know, consorting with the devil when all it was was it was just that, they had spent a long time alive and learnt stuff. And I think, you know, we can also tie it in with the more recent assault on on women's um, bodily autonomy with the sort of increasing um, restrictions on um, things like uh, birth control and... Um, abortion and all of that because you know one of the things that that these women did was they did know how to you know stop a pregnancy or prevent a pregnancy they they were the midwives they were the women who who had all of that inside knowledge and again you know the they were they were they they were able to enable women to get on with their lives which for some reason, you know, which as we could have a whole show about, well, multiple shows about this was problematic for the for the patriarchy, and so I think that what we see today is a is too often in in the games is just a rehashing of, as you say, this old trope, and even when they give them, you know, a little bit of sass 
or a little bit of sexiness it 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 so often comes at at the price of of um oh well they're only doing that because i, I mean even morrigan i think is supposed to be very old and you know she's using magic to keep herself looking younger and and i think we see some st- more more about that in um in Dragon Age two than than later, but you know we see some of her stories there, and and yeah, I think throughout history, witches have been a way to say, oh, this old scary lady who you know is mostly out to trick you and get you. I think there's definitely um, uh, thinking about this recently that. Um, uh, women, sort of like the the only age of women that you see in TV and film and and that sort of thing, they're between the ages of twenty eight and forty two, and that is, that stuns me how accurate that is, um, and how um, women want. I think probably yeah, and this comes down to a, a conversation of what a woman is. And and anti-trans women um, seem to think they're defined by the ability to have children. But once a woman reaches a certain age and goes through the menopause, they're not able to have children anymore. That's part of the that's part of um, part of having that part of their life. So at some point, and then once a woman hasn't got so if you can't get pregnant, you don't have to worry about abortion. Um, and you can't get pregnant, so you don't need to spend the money on um, uh, tampons and no more pills. Um, and that means that um, men can, uh, they don't have that same control over you because there isn't the threat of pregnancy. There isn't the um, threat of uh bodily autonomy because you, you can't have kids anymore then those firebrand um control mechanisms that they have don't work anymore and so i it there does just seem to f- feel like once a woman has gone through the menopause they're expendable to society people just turn and look for oh she's she's aged out we're going to look at a younger person and that is reflected in these witch stereotypes because they're either an evil hag who wants to, who craves youth and beauty, or they're a sexy temptress um, who's more often than not selfish and uh, puts themselves first um, and manipulative. And but it all comes down to power they have power everyone has power it's just different kinds of power and women have just as much to offer if not more the more they age the more age you as long as you're learning and you're not stagnating then there's tremendous wisdom to be gained from older people um and it's just it's such a it's such a waste of potential storytelling by constricting stories to only have women between the ages of twenty eight and forty two 
And the way they get around that is going, oh, they use magic to make themselves look younger. And that's just a thing of how much women's experiences of the world are just completely not respected. But it also, doesn't it, isn't it interesting exploited. that they... they um... Sorry, I was just thinking. It's it isn't interesting how they're the point that you've just made. How they they distill down all this power that these women have into and that and what do they use it for? Yeah. They use it to look pretty. You know, they lose it, use it to look That's sexy. A really good point, Jim. They feel like what more like what? Yeah, yeah. The 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 again because. I most of the women that we've said that we've um, the witches that we've talked about uh, are most likely designed by a majority male team of developers, and they they constrict themselves with oh wow she has to be young and she has to be attractive and she has to be saucy. That's what comes first, rather than a witch is a woman with power with magical power that's what it boils down to and so that could be that could that could look like anyone or anything but then they go well she's either going to be sexy or she's going to be an evil macbeth uh, hag with a with a with a horrible wicker mask on and it's again it's that how the um diversity in the development rooms is the way that you solve this because you go oh actually i'm there might be there's a, a, a there's there must be tons of postmenopausal women working in the game industry and so it's not as it feels like men only see women from the age of 28 to 42 and they think this is the only like material we've mm. got to work with rather than the women of every age you can go there's so much, yeah, it's, again, diversity just dimming down and distilling and watering down the potential brilliance of storytelling. We know there aren't tons of women in working in the industry because that's one of the reasons why we're, we have all of these problems, isn't it? I mean, and, and so many women. I mean, I, I know when I was... So I am I am not old enough to have gone through the menopause um but um when I was at university and I got my work placement at EA there were a lot of women but most of them were either the same age as me or younger so the vast majority of the women working in those industries now are probably not much older than me and so I'll maybe just coming up to that. So it might be interesting to revisit this topic in 10 years time and see how, if that, if that's moved on, because I, you know, I think the point that you make is, is, is so valid, Matt, you know, that it, we are coming to a point where there are going to be people who are working in these industries who do are having these experiences. And, you know, that is going to, well, one would hope that that would reflect in at least in the discussions that they're having behind the, you know, behind the closed doors. And I think one of the problems that we've always talked about is, you know, diversity, lack of diversity, and that that causes 
issues with how these topics are covered. So absolutely, I think it's um, it will be interesting to see what happens in a, a couple more decades. <laughs> I think it's interesting that... Um, and there's also the 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 perennial problem. I was just going to say of... about how most of the witches are um, are oh, you perceived as like bosses, so they're they're kind of um, seen as this idea of something that the protagonist, the good character, has to defeat. Um, so, what's interesting when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the types of ideas associated with these characters and the the traits of these characters, and I think something that runs through all of them, whether they're good or bad, is that they are considered to be very powerful because if you wouldn't have a boss that wasn't very powerful, would you, to fight? Um, or a character that you had to defeat that wasn't um, had in, in possession of a power of some kind. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting when you think about it in terms of, like, that male perspective seeing the witch as a powerful being but something to be feared and controlled, a power that needs to be contained. And I think that kind of comes through in a weird way in the number of characters who are magical bosses um, who happen to be women as well and, and display witchy tendencies. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that. Yeah, the 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 thing of women with power being a threat is and needing to be sort of yeah muzzled or um, contained um, is yeah yeah just that's a yeah that's mm. another frustrating thing because it's like with um the trope of women are only strong because they've been raped at some point in their life that's a massive trope in um film and tv of going oh she's so strong and a badass and wants to kill everyone it's, oh that's because she was raped and then she overcame that and it made her angry rather than women just being oh yeah she's powerful because she's powerful like with Every male protagonist, he's powerful because he's powerful because he's cool and strong and awesome. And when they look at women through that lens of dulling it down to, well, she needs to be attractive first, and then we'll go from there. It just it it, it it it's it's not just a bad thing to. It's not just makes bad stories and makes um, dull characters. It also hurts. Um, the lives of women in the real world, the relationships between uh, people with women, because women are put in this box. And then when someone's in this box, it's very, very hard to think of them as the same as you. As it goes, oh, a woman isn't a woman isn't a person that is exactly the same as me. They're a they're a thing in this box, and I I understand logically that they're the same as me but it puts that great big barrier in between going oh yeah we're we're the same and uh yeah it's just another thing that only diversity in these higher up areas is going to solve yeah 
I've um, I've long held the belief that due to the fact that women can grow a baby and um, nurture it and feed it, that this is something that the male side of the species has felt threatened by that this is a that this is a strength that you know this is this is the thing people argue about oh well you know men have to go to war well yeah mainly because they start them but you know they go off to war (laughs) the reason that we send the men off to war and not the women is because you you know you need more women than men in order to maintain the Mm -hmm. The, the human race really because because of the length of time it takes to grow a baby and then a child you know and you need that so so from a just purely kind of like practical you know putting all the emotion aside you can have like you know multiple women to you know one man so so there is this sort of feeling that actually you know in order for us to survive, we don't need an equal amount of men and women. And I've, I've long felt that men are inherently conscious of that and aware of that and fear it, you know, in the same way that like in, what was yeah. it, the bug's life the with the grasshoppers and the, um, the uh, yeah, what was it? The other ones. Yeah. The ants, the ants and the grasshoppers, you know, the, the, the ants are so much mm. more powerful when they work together and i feel that 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 a lot of this boils down to a fundamental need on the part of the male of the species to keep women in their place because they fear that if we realize that the inherent power in simply being female that we have and the inherent importance i suppose perhaps that's more important perhaps that's a better word than power I mean, the importance leads to power, but yes, I think there's an importance that that we will in some way overthrow them. And I think the really amusing thing in that is that in reality, that probably wouldn't happen because it isn't how we, women work. It's how men work. It's not how women work. So I think it wouldn't happen. Although if you've read The Power, um, the uh, who, who I can't remember the name of the author, I, it will come to me. I'll check it. But the the book, The Power, that's about women gaining physical power over men. And so that shifts society. So it's a way of sort of examining how would life be if women had the, had had that power. Um, and in, in that scenario, if for the most part, it ends up being the same, but just women having the same power as men. So I don't know. I mean, there are lots of theories about what might happen if that was the case. But I do feel that there is an, an a need of for men to constantly put women in their place because they want to maintain that control and that power over us. It's never a popular. No, no. Um, but I think it is yeah, a valid one. But, definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's such. A, that's such an interesting. Yeah, that's all. That's all really interesting that's stuff I hadn't. I hadn't considered before. Um, yeah, because that that just that just is true. You can have one man to, <laughs> to have an an, um, an infinite number of women to get pregnant, whereas women can only have one baby at a time. Um, 
and that is uh, uh, there's a uh, for some reason it's it's called Irish twins when a uh, you have two siblings that aren't twins that were born within the same calendar year, mm. not between the same calendar year. So if you have if you one's born in September, and then it's all it's all about the the parents were having sex within three months of the birth. Anyway, I don't know why it's called Irish babies. That's really funny. So that just shows that there's, there's you can't yeah you can't so it's you can't really that's just that's just nature for you um, um, and I I I don't think I'd have to spend more time thinking about those concepts but. Yeah, the the, the, the oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to say. It's well, just thank really you interesting for covering the this main episode, this first episode on witches. I think in the next episode we're going to look at more of the different perceptions of witches in terms of the connection to like nature and the world and harmony and and kind of like looking after the earth and being more in touch with the flows of nature if that makes sense um and indeed about whether witches have ever been portrayed as wholly good um in games or in any other media particularly um so yeah so i think that's what we'll be touching on in our second episode so thank you both for today and i hope listeners have enjoyed listening if you're interested you can sign up to our patreon to support us um with creating more content like this and indeed for funding things like live shows and all that sort of stuff in future exciting things um could be coming your way you don't know yet but possibly um yes so we have new content every thursday and as i mentioned sign up to patreon you can find us on all your podcast providers or we're on youtube as well if you like to use your eyes to watch us instead of listening with your ears and uh, for now I shall say goodbye alright thank <laughs> you bye bye I think that's done now oh, <sighs> that's so, I'm so I'll have to send me some articles on that on those on those we hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.